Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Summer is in full swing and there's so much going on at our church. Be sure to check the events section of our website or the Creekwood Church app to stay connected this summer. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. How many of you like to be surprised? Like, how many of you like to be surprised? Some of you are like, no. And it, I know it's a kind of a trick question because it depends on if it's a good surprise or a bad surprise, right? So like, like I don't like Halloween because I'm not going to spend money to go to, to a haunted house. There are some of you guys that are stupid and you want to go, you want to invoke fear. Like I, I try to avoid fear and people, some people pay money for it. All right. Like that's not going to be me, Um, but there's all kinds of surprises out there. And how many of you ever had a a scene or witnessed or been part of a surprise that failed, like that did not work out. And, um, you know, my, our, our staff, don't you love our staff here at Creekwood? Just phenomenal. I mean, like all we got to do is say our staff and y'all want to clap. I mean, they're just so good. If you've got kids in kids ministry or students and, and I mean, you know how, how incredible our staff is. But one of the things we do as a staff is that we celebrate each, each other's birthdays. And one of the ways we celebrate our birthdays is by we give each other a little, during, you know, during the week, if it's your birthday, we, we give you a little uh, birthday card and every one of our staff writes something on it, you know, and, and, and then we give each other their, their favorite little um, uh, treat. And so how many of you know my favorite treat is, the, is a peanut M&M? Can I get a better amen right now? <laughs> peanut M&Ms are so good. Now I have a sleeper. I have something that I love that you won't even know about. It's called the maple nut goodie. No one ever even knows it. I did, y'all got to go find this thing. You need, to, you need to purchase it because I do not want it to go out of business. They are my favorite maple nut goodies. Okay, just try it. Tell me about it later. But those are my two treats that they give me for my birthday. But this year they did something a little different on my birthday. A few months ago, I turned 45 years old. I know I don't look like it, um, but I was turning 45 years old and I drove up in the office. And how many of you have been to a West, future West campus and seen that how cool our office is? It's amazing. And, and so one of the things we have is we have a brand new front door. And it's all glass. And I drove up to the office and I see one of our staff members and she is like her face is pierced onto the glass window. And then I immediately see her dash away. And I'm like, that's weird. It's my birthday. And why is she doing that? And then when I get up to the office door, she opens it for me and she says, welcome, Brad. And I said, that's weird. Why is she doing that? And then I get over to my office door, which normally is wide open and it's closed. And I'm like, that's weird. And it's my birthday. And so when I open up the, the office door, there are six of our staff members in the huddled in the corner of my office and they jump out and they go, surprise only to find out that I'm not that surprised, okay? Because, because I saw it coming. And, and you know, it's only a surprise when you don't see it coming. And I love, how many of you know this? And I shouldn't say this out loud, but I love the movie Dumb and Dumber. Okay, like one 16-year-old. Like, yes, okay. Like, I, I, I love this movie because one of my favorite lines is, is when Jim Carrey, when he says, I got robbed by a sweet old lady in a motorized cart. I didn't even see it coming. That's one of my favorite lines. And see, you're only gonna be surprised when you didn't see it coming. And so I felt like today, 
we're going to be talking about the power of a surprise in your life. And so I wanted to do something that was maybe a little surprising that maybe you didn't see coming today. I want to give every single one of you some caramel popcorn. Would you like some caramel popcorn? We got a surprise today for you. And so our guys are going to be giving you some caramel popcorn today so you can enjoy some caramel popcorn. Y'all thought I was kidding. We got caramel popcorn for everybody today. I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be the loudest service you've ever been part of. The crunchiest service you've ever been part of. Caramel popcorn, man. Caramel popcorn is my favorite. It is so good. Um, I don't know about y'all, but my wife, um, when I go to the movies, I get popcorn every time I go to the movies. The problem is half the popcorn does not make it in my mouth, okay? And so I think we're gonna have a mess today, but I hope you enjoy some caramel popcorn today. We wanna make sure you guys are full before you leave today. Y'all thought I was kidding about the popcorn, right? We got real caramel popcorn for y'all. But I'm gonna tell you something, man. Every time I go to the movies, my wife looks at me with disgust because when I get popcorn, I eat it like I've never eaten anything in my life. I'm telling you, I got it all on me. I'm like, don't judge me. It's dark in here and I don't have to think. And I'm gonna eat what I wanna eat. And so if it was up to me, we would put jalapenos on the popcorn and we would do it right. Man. But y'all would make too big of a mess with jalapenos in here. So we, we went with caramel today. Uh, but y'all enjoy that. But you know, there, there, there's all kinds of surprises. Some surprises benefit you like caramel popcorn and some are not so easy to swallow. Like there's some, there's some surprises that aren't as easy to swallow, like getting your sons. By the way, my, my oldest son is now going to DBU. He's going to be a DBU patriot in the fall. And that's really cool. Yeah, that was cool. That's really cool until he go to his orientation this week. And it's awesome because he got to ring the victory bell. And it was really, really cool. But on that same day, I saw my, first, my son's first college tuition payments. <laughs> Surprise. I'm just saying, I didn't see it coming. Like I didn't see it coming. Or when your parents, my parents got me a, a car when I went to college and it was awesome. And I loved it only to find out that after when I graduated, I was to take over the payments. And then when I actually got done paying it off, I realized I got a letter and there was a $10,000 balloon payment on that car. Surprise. Thanks, mom and dad. I loved it. Surprise. Orrin Brayton, who's hit me all of his life. He's now 18 years old. And when he hits me, it really doesn't hurt until now. And now when he hits me, I'm like, oh, I'm surprised by how, how strong he is. And then the other day, I overheard him tell someone that my hits are getting soft. And I told him, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said, because you got a surprise coming. And as the Bible says, you will not know the hour or the day, but you got a surprise coming. Oh, I want to give you the Webster definition of a surprise. A surprise is to strike with wonder or amazement, especially because it's unexpected. It's to strike with wonder or amazement, especially because it's unexpected. 
Now, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I need you to know this, that you need to know that God is a God of surprises. He's a God of surprises. He's constantly doing the unexpected in people's lives. And and it doesn't take long to to open the, the scriptures to see all the stories where God was surprising. Abraham had a child with Sarah, not when he was 25 years old, not when he was 50 years old, not when he was 75 years, but when he was 100 years old, he's the God of the unexpected. Moses is on the backside of a mountain and God speaks to him through the burning bush. He's a God of this, the surprise. The Israelites defeat Jericho, not by a military conquest, but marching, but by marching around the city with the band for seven days. And on the seventh day, seven different times, he's a God of the surprise and the unexpected. And how about that 15 year old girl who's a virgin? Maybe you've heard of her. Her name is Mary. And an angel of the Lord came up to Mary and said, you are going to give birth to the Messiah. And she said, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I can tell you that we serve a God of the surprise. And you need to know that because you will stay frustrated with God because all frustration comes out of unmet expectations. And so when you have expectations of this and God ends up giving you this, It can be frustrating, but you need to be open to a God who is a God of the unexpected because my experience in life is that God will surprise you when you least expect it. God will, write this down, God will interrupt your plans with a surprise. God will interrupt your detailed scheduled plans with a surprise. And I'm gonna gonna read Acts chapter three, the story um, I think it's a, it's a really cool story that shows you of a surprise that I want to talk about. And I want to pull f- some information from this story. But this is Acts chapter 3, 1 through 12. Um, if you have your Bible, let's open it up. If you don't, we're going to have it on the screen. But it says, one day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the temple of, at the time of prayer. And at three in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth and being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg, from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them to the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with, and there's our words, wonder and amazement. That's the surprise. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When people saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Can everyone say amen? powerful story. But you need to know this. Write this down. 
that God's interruptions are always divine invitations in your life. God's interruptions in your life are really divine invitations. See, Peter and John, I'm going to set this up. Peter and John were doing something they always did. In Jewish culture, the, the prayer, the times of prayer was at 9 a.m., was at noon and at 3 p.m. And so Peter and John just happened to be going to the 3 p.m. prayer service. And so it wasn't that unusual even in, in those days for people in the Jewish culture to make all three prayer services. And so they were doing something very normal. It's Peter and John. They're one of the disciples. It's not unusual for them to go pray. But then look at verse two. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put, everyone say this, every day. He was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And so what you have is you have Peter and John doing something they do, and it was not out of the ordinary. And you have this beggar, this lame man who comes every day. And if you would continue reading this story on to the next chapter, it says that he was over 40 years old. This man was dealing with a, a situation from birth. He was lame from birth and every day he was taken to the temple gate called beautiful. Can you imagine that situation? Can you imagine that life? And I'm telling you what happened was it was a very normal situation when God decided to show up. And what ha will happen in your life is that you will be doing something routine when God shows up. It's something you didn't see coming. It's a surprise. And so what, I, what I've realized in my life is that you have to learn how to pay attention to interruptions. You gotta learn how to, in your life, pay attention to interruptions because that interruption may very well be from God. And you gotta learn how to pay attention to them because most of us hate interruptions because it goes against our plan. Most of us are frustrated with the interruptions in our lives because it goes against our, what we've got scheduled. And so it's frustrating, if I can be real with you right now, it's frustrating. You thought you should be married by now, but you're not. It's frustrating when you've been married for a while and you thought by now you'd have kids, but you don't. It's frustrating when you've got a situation in your physical body and you're like, I know God can do this. Why has it not happened? It's frustrating when things don't go according to your plans. That's frustrating. But I really believe God wanted me to tell you this today. Some of you, you think you are off schedule in your life, but God wanted me to tell you, you are right on time. You are right on on time. You got to pay attention to interruptions because it's the interruptions that'll change the course of your life. You did not create you. You did not create you. There was a God. There is a God who created you intimately and he knows exactly the plans he has for you. And so when you are going this way and God always intended for you to go this way, I promise you, he will course correct in your life because he has a plan for you. And this is the story of how I got into ministry 17 years ago. Now I was doing just what Peter and John were doing. I was doing something every day 
It was the same thing every weekend. I was going to church. I was faithfully attending church. And my wife and I were newly married and we were going to a church that was, that was called First Assembly of God in Humble, Texas. Anyone ever heard of Humble? Just north of Houston? All right. Like that's where we were going to church and we were doing this every day. And there was a guy who was the youth pastor there. His name was, you may have heard of him. His name is Stephen Nutt. And he, he's, if you don't know who that is, that is our lead pastor here now. But he was the youth pastor and his wife taught a Bible study class. And, and we called it back in the day when you went to class before service. Anyone ever old school enough where you went to Sunday school? What? Okay, oh my word. Oh, we got to raise. Oh, that's me. I went to Sunday school. Why did we call it Sunday school? That's so dumb. I don't like school, but now you want me to go to church Sunday school? No. Make your kids hate going to church. Call it Sunday school. All right. So, and so we, we, we would go to her class and we loved Thalissa, Dr. Thalissa Nutt's class because she talked, it was about marriage and it was, she was so funny and she's a doctor, she's a counselor. So it was like, we learned something every day. We got to hang around all these different couples. We loved it. And then she went and messed it up. She interrupted everyone's schedule. Maybe it's just mine because she called me up one day and she said, Hey, I'm about to teach on a new book that Rick Warren wrote. It's called the purpose driven life. Y'all ever remember that? And so she called and she said, I'm going to teach on it, but I want you to help me lead it. I want you to help me teach it. And I said, no, why? That's the dare, dumb, stupid. They're not here. We can do this. And I was like, Hey, I don't want to do this. I think that's a bad idea. But I told her, Instead of telling her no immediately, I decided that I would pray about it. All right. Like I was going to pray about it. And so let me get back with you in a couple days. And all that was really meant to do was for me to concoct my plan about why that's a terrible idea when I actually tell her no. And so I was thinking about how we were newly married. We just had maybe had baby Brayden. Okay. Like it was, we had a little one. I didn't have the time to do that. I just become a CPA. The last thing I have the time to do is to go teach on a purpose driven life. All right. So plus you're good. I'm not good. Your husband's a pastor. Like you, you're the doctor. Everyone wants to listen to you. And oh, by the way, if you need some help, there's four other people in the group that would be better than me. And so I had all these plans. And so I called her up with this perfect, perfect reasoning of why I'm going to say no. And as I'm talking to her, I'm talking to her. And I feel like the Holy Spirit said, you need to say yes to this one. And I said, Delissa, Delissa, um, I just, I'm so busy. I don't know if this is a good idea. And I really think you're going to, they're not going to really like me. If they have any questions, what would I say? I don't know how to answer their questions. I'm not the counselor. I'm not the doctor. And I said, but I'm supposed to tell you yes. So yes. And it was the interruption that changed my life. That interruption wasn't coincidental. It was a divine appointment. And it was that interruption that led to me leading that Bible study with her and ultimately to being, to serving on the board of the church and ultimately to helping plant a little church. You may have heard of it called Creekwood 17 years ago. And 17 years ago, we started in a living room with three families. And then we moved from there to Roji Worley Middle School and from Roji Worley Middle School to Mansfield High School. And then we moved into this building and then we bought some land that one day will reach thousands and thousands of people. And sometimes I have to pinch myself to say, are you kidding me? I didn't see it coming. I never saw it coming. It was a surprise. It was in the unexpected, but it happened as an interruption. And you got to learn how to pay attention to interruptions in your life. Some of the best things in your life will not be on your schedule. Found out God's unexpected is better than my expected. 
God's unexpected will be better than your expected. And I asked God, I said, God, is there a scripture that, that so relates to this? And he gave me a scripture out of Habakkuk. Who gets scriptures out of Habakkuk? <laughs> Y'all try to spell that. Like, it's a weird, there's, it's Habakkuk, it's weird. Who, who? Habakkuk 1.5, listen to this. The Lord replied, look and be amazed. You will be astounded at what I'm about to do. For I am going to do something in your own lifetime that you will have to see to believe. You have to understand that God's going to give you something in your lifetime that you will not be able to concoct on your own. You're going to have to see it to believe it. You're not going to be able to see it coming. I'm thankful that I serve a, I, that I, I, I'm serve a God that I'm not, I can't see it coming kind of God. Like I, I'm so grateful for that. And I wonder if God, if he laughs at us sometimes when we, we start planning our plans and we start scheduling our own life, I wonder if he's laughing at us. Because I always thought I was going to be a partner in an accounting firm and actually make a lot of money. <laughs> and God's like, ha, 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 nope. And that's what I thought. And, I, and I, I think sometimes God laughs. I tried to find a scripture in the Bible where it says Jesus laughed. I couldn't find it. But you know he does. You know he does. He came up with that. So you know he was laughing. You think about Peter, who's in our story. Peter. You know P Peter was a fisherman? That's what he did? You know, that's what he did. Do you know when Peter was called into ministry the night before, the Bible says he could not catch any fish. He fished all night and could not catch any fish. Jesus gets in his boat. He says, let's step out into some deep waters. And they go in the deep waters and they catch so many fish that the nets can't hold it. And he brings his friends out and says, yo, yo, I know we fished all night, but check it, we found the honey hole. We found a spot. And there were so many fish in the boat. And I think Jesus is laughing because he's going, you thought you were going to be a fisherman. No, 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 no. You're going to be a fisher of men. And that's how God works. He's going to surprise you. And Jesus and Peter got called into ministry that day. I wonder if he laughs at us when we think about our own schedules. See, my fear is we structure and manage our lives so well that we structure God right out of it. One of my biggest fears, honestly, is that if you aren't careful, you'll end up with a life that has your DNA on it and not God's DNA on it. Ah, that scares me. Ah, because he created you. He knows how he made you. He knows the intricacies of who you are and why you're funny and why you're witty and why you can do this and no one else can and why this is easy for you, but no one else can. And why, why he knows and he's gonna use it. And what I found out when I was reading this story and what I found out in my own life, you need to write this down. There is a power. There's power when you show up. There's power when you show up. See, if Peter and John had skipped the prayer service that day, that miracle wouldn't have made Acts chapter three. If they hadn't just shown up to the prayer service like they always do, it wouldn't have happened. And if I hadn't gone to church every single Sunday, it wouldn't have happened. If I hadn't been faithful to that Bible study with Felissa, it wouldn't have happened. She would have never asked me. She would have never interrupted my day, my life. If I'd not been, if I'd not shown up. And what you have to understand is you don't need to know all the details. You just need to show up. 
And that's hard for a guy like me because I like to know the details. I like to know what I'm getting into. I like to know what I'm getting involved with. See, if Peter had known there was going to be a beggar at the temple gate called Beautiful, I believe Peter would have brought his wallet. But Peter didn't bring his wallet that day because he says, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. Stand up and walk. And I think it's crazy because if Peter had brought his wallet, we wouldn't have a miracle that was shown up in Acts chapter three. Peter had no intentions, no plan on, on, on healing someone that day and being part of a healing. But if he hadn't have shown up and he hadn't have said that, then the, the man wouldn't have got up and the man wouldn't have gone into the temple and started dancing like we just read. And had he not gone into the temple and started dancing like we just read, all the people wouldn't have been amazed and wouldn't have looked at Peter and said, how did you do this? And Peter wouldn't have had the opportunity to preach at the temple and say, no, it's not me who did this. It is in the name of Jesus Christ who did this. And the Bible goes on to say, go on and read in the next chapter that 2000 people were converted to Christianity that day. What a miracle. What an interruption. He did not plan on preaching that day at the temple but he was open to a divine interruption. You got to learn how to show up. You got to get into a life group. I don't know why. I don't know what relationship is going to be built, but there's something that's going to happen in the life group that's bigger than you hearing me or Pastor Stephen or one of our staff talking about get involved in life groups, get involved in a relationship. Something will happen in that interaction that only God can provide. You got to learn to show up. You got to learn to faithfully attend the services on the weekend. How many of you know that it's the service that you don't feel like going to that's really the one you need to be at? You gotta learn how to faithfully show up. You gotta go on a mission trip. You gotta, you gotta uh, Jim Hampton, who leads our mission trips to Costa Rica every year. Every time he goes, he said, Brad, I don't know, I got a plan every year. I go with a plan. I got a schedule. I got it all figured out. We're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. But he said, Brad, there's something that happens every single mission trip that I could not have predicted. That is the thing we went there for. That was the reason we went there. And it wasn't, it wasn't because of the serving, even though it was really cool. And it wasn't because we got to pick strawberries at the church. That was really cool. But the truth is, there was something that happened in that service, in that time at Costa Rica that changed our life. And I could never have predicted it. And two weeks ago today, I had the opportunity to go to Costa Rica, my family with Pastor Stephen and Delissa. And I don't know if you knew this, but Pastor Stephen grew up in Bolivia and he's fluent in Spanish. And they asked him to speak at the church service that week. Nothing like getting asked to preach the week you show up to Costa Rica. And he said, okay. And I mean, he tore, your boy tore it up in Spanish. And I want to show you a quick, very amateur hour video that I took with my phone of him speaking in Spanish in Costa Rica. Watch this. Vámonos a vivir a Bolivia. Yo quiero ir a Bolivia, ir a vivir, pero mi esposa nunca me ha dicho quiero ir a, a vivir a Bolivia. Pero cada vez que venimos a Costa Rica, mi esposa dice, vámonos a vivir a Costa Rica. Siempre dice, hoy me gusta tanto, vamos, estamos en el avión, me dice, vámonos a vivir a Costa Rica. Y yo le digo, pero ¿qué pasó con Bolivia? Okay, yeah, there's like three of you that understood what he just said. 
I was in the same boat. I was like, that must be funny because they're all laughing. It was the message he preached a few months ago here at Creekwood where he was talking about the green booger. Y'all remember the green booger, which is referred to the, as the truck out at the West Campus. And we, we call it, it was like Verde Booger. Okay, whatever that is, a boogero. Okay, in Spanish, I don't know. But he showed the picture and it was so funny. And he was tearing it up and I was doing my best sitting right there going, yeah, amen. I think that translates, amen. And I was like, hallelujah. And I was just like hooking him up from the side. I was like, bueno. Muy bien. Me amo Braddy too. And I was asking people, my name is Brad, what's yours? While I'm giving him dap. And while he's up there on the stage and he was tearing it up and it was always oh, so good. And it was so just good to see Stephen in that element. And, and, I, and I was, was just powerful. And after service, we're done. We're leaving the next day. And it was just like, we're, the trip was kind of over. And after service, people were leaving and a lady walks up and she comes up just to say hi. And she came up just to say, thank you for your message. And she came up just to be polite. And she, she, she told us later, she said, as I'm walking up, the Holy Spirit hit me. And you were talking about the future West Campus and, and your city and Mansfield. And she said, as I'm walking up to you, Stephen, as I'm walking up to you, she said, I see it. I see this land. It's beautiful. She said, I see thousands of people on this property coming to know Christ and having their life changed. She said, I see it. She looked at Stephen and she said, you keep going. You don't stop. God's got this. And I'm crying and Stephen's crying and she's crying. And I'm like trying. They're talking in Spanish and I'm throwing my little Plato. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he's making fun of me because I'm a gringo and I don't know what I'm saying and all this stuff. And, and, and I'm just saying it was like, and then Stephen looked at me afterwards and he's like, hey, Brian, we came, to, we came to Costa Rica for a lot of reasons. We came for a lot of reasons, but th that was the real reason. I needed to hear that. I needed to know that. And I'm just saying, you got to show up. There's power when you show up. It's when God interrupts is when you show up. You want God to interrupt in your life. You got to learn how to show up and be faithful in the show up. So powerful when you show up. And here's the last thing God showed me from the story is it's never too late for God. It's never too late for God. The, long, the longer I live, the more pessimistic and less surprisable I feel like I become. And I'm like, I've always dealt with this. I've always dealt with this. This is, must be the way it's going to be. I've always dealt with this situation. But this story, this man was in his 40s. It always been that way. And I love what it says in, in verse seven, Acts three, seven, taking him by the right hand. He helped him up and instantly, everyone say instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. I'm telling you in your life, God can change your life in an instant. And if there's anything as a pastor, there's a lot of different pastors that have a lot of different skills. There's some great leaders. There's some great shepherds. There are some that are, that are great communicators. There are some, I don't know. I know this about me. I'm a faith guy. I don't know about anything else, but I believe in what God says. And I believe if he can heal yesterday, he can do it today. And I don't know about you and I don't know where you're from, but I'm a faith guy. If you come down and pray and ask for prayer for me, I'm going to pray for healing because I don't know why God hadn't healed you 10 years ago, but he has a plan. And I've learned in scripture that his ways are higher than my ways. And I am not to be God in that moment. I am to trust in the God who can heal. And so I'm telling you right now, I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I had someone come over to my house I hadn't seen in 15 years and he was divorced last year 
And both of his kids were at my house and he was speaking to me and you could see the frustration. You could see the depression. You could see the, the anger, the, the, the life is over mentality. And God, I'm, li- I'm literally in the, the, the living room talking to him and I need to use the restroom. And I go into the restroom and God begins to speak to me. Now, I don't know where God speaks to you. Well, he must think I'm holy because he spoke to me right then and there in that restroom. And he said, you tell him his life's not over. You tell him I've got the best saved for last. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but you need to know that God, I love what the scripture says. I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. I, I, will, I will restore the years the depression has stolen. God is a redeeming God. He is the only one that can redeem, can make up for lost time. And I want you to know he can do it in a moment. And I want to close with this. Just like God is a surprising God, I believe God likes it when you surprise him. God likes it when you interrupt him. Mark 5, 25. I'm not going to read this story, but this is a story with a woman with the issue of blood. This is where it begins. And the story of this lady is she had been dealing with this issue for 12 years. And she was in pain for 12 straight years. And the Bible says that she, she was trying to get help from all these doctors. She had spent all the money she had trying to get help and she could not get healing. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you don't have that issue. Maybe you don't have a physical ailment in your body. Maybe for you, it's emotional. Maybe for you, it's relational. Maybe for you, it's financial. I don't know what it is for you, but use this as a metaphor. Because God showed me in this story that he pays attention to certain things. She had nothing left. Like the metaphor I have in my head is she literally had one stretch left. I got got nothing. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. They, They can't help me. I'm not talking to my friends about it anymore because I'm just seem so pessimistic all the time and they don't even want to hang out with me anymore because that's the only thing that comes up. I'm done talking about it because I'm supposed to have kids by now. I'm done talking about it because God hasn't shown me the person I'm supposed to marry. And I'm just done. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And maybe you're like her where all you have is one little stretch left. In verse 25, 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, there it is again. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized the power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? This story has always been so powerful to me because here's what I want you to hear me say. There's a difference between being around Jesus and interrupting Jesus. You can come to church every weekend and never interrupt Jesus. You can be around the things of God all your life and never understand what it looks like to actually interrupt Jesus. And the disciples say to him, Jesus, you what do you mean who touched you? They're all touching you. There's a crowd all around you. What do you mean who touched you? See, what surprised Jesus wasn't her touch. 
What surprised Jesus was her faith. And I'm asking you right now, today, I dare you to have one more stretch left in you. I dare you to say, God, I hadn't seen it happen before, but I believe you're a right on time God. And I ask God for you to move. So maybe today you stretch out your hand to Jesus. Because what I love about that scripture, it was the one thing that turned the head of Jesus. Who touched me? Who touched me? God will turn his head to faith all day long. He loves being interrupted by faith. Let me pray for you right now. Show of hands in this place, every head bowed. You're dealing with something that you know is gonna require some faith. And you say, Brad, would you pray for me right now? In this place, if that's you, raise your hand. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm gonna pray for you right now. Lord, I lift, I, I, just, I know you see every hand in this place. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, where faith is lacking, God, I pray that even one more time, would you well it up, God? I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would heal. Your timing is perfect, that you would renew. Your timing is perfect, God, that you would redeem. Your timing is perfect. You know every situation in here, God. And I pray as we have faith in this place, it would turn your head towards them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.